0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 13 of the EdTech Distilled Podcast. I'm Adam Geisen. With me, as always, David Lurch. Dave? This is Dave.
1: In case you didn't know, because our voices sound the exact same. That's right. That's we a, a call clarify back. that. That's a callback <laughs> to an episode that you should listen to. That That's true. Nice if thing.
0: you've not listened to all of our former episodes, you need to dive into those. What are you doing? Yeah. So we are um, Just Us Today. Weird. Speaking of weird guests so it's just gonna be dave and i talking We hope that's okay with you guys um but we thought that this was an interesting time to uh just sort of talk about as as you know the world sort of quote unquote seems to be getting back to normal uh which is not at all but people keep (laughs) saying that we uh we kind of wanted to talk about what types of things we can sort of see changing and we've titled this episode the what if episode now this is obviously in reference to the Disney Plus series, the Marvel series, the animated Marvel series, which I did not think I would like, and I freaking love it! Fantastic, uh, and it's just so fascinating. And I think that um, you know, the first episode was a good episode. We don't want to do any spoilers on here, sure, sure, um, because I liked the switching of the character roles. I think it was kind of cool to see um you know steve rogers who we see as captain america be so awesome uh just still be the little kid and uh asian carter takes over and she was such a badass in that episode and like to see the way that they took these marvel stories which now if you're a marvel fan you've seen the movies they've taken these stories and they're like totally twisting them and they're putting them on their heads and they're switching characters around and it's just basically this what if um scenario where anything can happen and I love that they were able to do that, that they were willing Mm -hmm. to take that risk with stories that people become very attached to. I mean, Marvel Mm -hmm. has become as serious as Star Wars and as Star Trek, and people are like so adamant about characters and their personalities and where they came from and backstories and all of this stuff, you know, and what's canon and what's not canon. And I mean, it's such a crazy conversation, especially if you get on Reddit for all this. And what if just kind of takes all that and says, you know what? It's all canon with the multiverse we can do whatever we want right so it seemed like a fitting topic to sort of take that same idea and apply it to education so dave we are dave and i are going to attempt to sort of what if education and and again uh or not again because i haven't said this yet but again because we were talking about it before the show um these are not like end all be all solutions to problems no we definitely want to clarify that we just kind of want to talk about Here's some things that might be interesting to try. So, or think about,
1: or think about, and none of them have to do with zombies. Although, if you yeah, haven't seen one the of what the the best if best episodes for the sure. what if zombies, let's make that into a three hour movie, huh? Yeah, if you've not seen that with Halloween coming up, depending on when you're listening to this, or maybe a zombie apocalypse has happened, uh, you know, the vaccine has spread and now we're all hunkered down in our basement. In which case, watch it for survivability, so you know what to do. But right, that is, that is the best episode, I
0: think. Yeah, or watch it just for the dad jokes.
1: Dad jokes were the best. They were the.
0: Was that actually Paul Rudd? I sometimes I can't that remember. Him. That was him. That was that's him. the other thing that they had the actors, at least a lot of the actors, play their roles in this yeah. animated series again. Tells you, I mean, it's a lot of buy-in. I'm sure they got paid a handsome sum, but that's to still way, be willing to do it is pretty cool.
1: That's the way they should go going forward. Why worry about that anymore? Do those animated ones like that? That would be awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, it was pretty neat.
0: Well, so before anyway. We, yeah, before sorry. we get
1: started, we've got some new stuff to share. Just a couple of things. And uh, no ed tech related things this time, actually. No, just, not this just, time. Uh, but some tech. cool stuff. Actually, as of today, October thirteenth, when we're recording this, I didn't include this in our notes. But shout out to James T. Kirk. William Shatner is currently yes. in space, which is so cool.
0: That is cool. That's pretty neat. He's now the officially the oldest person, right?
1: Yeah. Which were you, a Picard or a Kirk fan?
0: Oh, both. Um, oh, okay. I now I grew up on Next Generation, so I was originally sure. a Picard fan, right? Um, but my Big essay in high school was all about moral um, issues and stuff, as discussed in the original Star Wars series. Wow. So, while researching and writing researching and writing that essay, I watched a lot of the old Star Wars and or Star Trek, and I really liked. I said Star Wars and I Star Trek, um, so I like them all. I thought the and, movies were good,
1: and and Kirk is great. And I didn't appreciate him until I got older because I was Picard too. Yeah, My I dad mean. and I would watch it all the time, Next Gen all the time. Mm-hmm. And now, as I've got older, I like the old one better, but. That's something that is currently happening in the news. That's pretty cool, which leads us into our first uh, what's new, what's going on. And uh, two of the things, three of the things that I'm going to share are actually more of the tech field. Both uh, The first two are pretty large, overreaching concepts that uh, could potentially pay dividends in the future. And then one of them is actually, I think, a really big step towards what our tech future could be. Um, on, a, on a smaller scale. So the first thing is that uh, NASA is launching a multi-billion dollar plan to cool uh, Yellowstone and harvest some of it as energy. So we'll link I'm going to
0: stop you really quickly. Yeah, go for it. I don't know how you can cool a show as hot as Yellowstone. <laughs> I mean, season four <laughs> is like coming out in just on, a few weeks.
1: I mean, how do you cool off, Kevin? It Johnson? is
0: Fire. It, inspired, it is on
1: fire. <laughs> That was a pretty good dad joke. I mean, thanks. I I, I will
0: say that I did prep for that one. <laughs> did you practice it? <laughs>
1: did you tell your wife? I didn't practice it, but I knew it was coming. Okay, but mind. but did you, did you did you did you say that in the mirror? <laughs> Maybe a little bit. <laughs> this is a complete tangent and he may listen to this, but there's a friend of mine. I won't say his name who once uh, was going to, when we were in high school, he was going to prank call me. This was back when you had landlines folks and not just all cell phones. Mm. And he was going to call me. And so my phone was ringing and I picked the phone up and he was going to act like he was the principal. And so uh, when I pick it up, I can hear him practicing. Oh, uh, Hey Dave, this is uh, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> and then I said, hello. And he's like, Oh, Hey Dave. And so, <laughs> <laughs> he may listen to this and I hope he does. I won't get, I won't throw his name out there, Matt. Was that oh, like, sorry. was that like Ferris Bueller? He was so great. Where he's yeah. like, <laughs> this is a oh, froman, Ed froman. That was, <laughs> fantastic.
0: The sausage king of Chicago. Well, then of doesn't Chicago. he imitate, uh, doesn't he imitate what's your dad?
1: Uh, Sloan Peterson's dad. Sloan yeah. Peterson's dad. Yeah. Yeah. Listen here, Mr. Rooney. Sloan Peterson. <laughs> oh, that's the best. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Anyway, you guys got to hear our good impressions, but yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Excellent. So, so apparently NASA has looked at the uh, Yellowstone geyser because it is a super volcano and they've looked at it as a, you know, it's potentially greater threat than an asteroid. And so instead of us trying to figure out a way to stop it, because frankly we can't, um, they're looking at a way that they can harness the massive amount of heat that um, Yellowstone emits. And so they're doing a three and a half billion dollar project to take that heat and to turn it into reusable and usable energy. Um, so I won't go into all the details and this we will link this in uh, the show notes, but it is an incredibly cool concept where they're actually going to drill down and put a hole in the side of this underground super volcano and try to use it, spend a lot of money on it. It's a very, uh, very cool, cool thing. And wow. um, yeah, I that guess a group of NASA engineers has kind of said it is more threatening to earth than, uh, an asteroid hitting the planet. Wow. So, kind of cool. Yeah. So
0: yet another thing to worry about. Thanks, You're welcome.
1: Dave. We should have saved that for first zombies.
0: Stuff. Then now we've got Yellowstone exploding
1: and the hit television show coming out for <laughs> season four. I know it's burning up the charts. Who's so. going to die. Who's not. Oh, oh my God. Oh my gosh. Um, uh, the second article that I have, it's pretty cool, um, talking about more space stuff. As a a company from and and it's uh, escaping me right now. I know I just read this. It's it's a European country, and I'll I'll uh, find it here. But um, it's a company called Varda Space Industries. They're creating um, the very first space factory that will be inside of a Falcon Nine rocket that's going to be in Earth's orbit. So the factory is created to work in microgravity. The idea being that heavy materials would be easier to manipulate because they weigh less in microgravity. And uh, so in 2023, um, they're putting this factory up into space with the goal of at some point, and it's a startup company at some point, actually launching a um, AI run 3d printing factory that will create something in space. <laughs> that's then easier to distribute. Maybe not chicken, but something, yeah, yeah. yeah something like that, which I thought that was wow. kind of cool. Yeah, that is cool.
0: Could you imagine buying something that has a label on it made in space? I would buy, I would
1: line up to do that.
0: Just for the, just for the tag.
1: I mean, we just spent a ton of money on the 50th anniversary of Disney stuff. so uh-huh. it Doesn't take much for me. No, right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then the third thing, which That's is actually, awesome. it's actually, this is a pretty big deal. Um, Microsoft is the first company, the first big tech company um, to commit to the right to repair where uh, it's no longer illegal or uh, they're not going to uh, lock their their items so that they can't be repaired by third-party companies. And um, so if you've ever broken your iPhone or mm-hmm. you've broken your phone or you know, laptop mm-hmm. or Chromebook or anything like yep. that, then you know that you have to go through the actual company itself in order to get it properly fixed. Um, I, I remember I was once in Florida, dropped my phone face down on a tile, cracked the entire screen, were able to go to a batteries plus and they fixed the screen for me, but it was, it was never 100% Not quite 100%. the same. Yeah, and you definitely
0: lose much. your water resistance.
1: You do. Yeah. And uh, so Microsoft is committing to this idea that huh. no longer will, will they allow um, things to only be correctly uh, fixed or repaired through Microsoft, but you can do it with third party. And that comes on the back of uh, the EU recently it passed a law that uh, the charge ports that, um, different tech that's going to be released. Those charge ports are all going to be the same so that, you know, your iPhone seven and your iPhone 10 could all charge with the same thing versus, you know, iPhone 10 has a different charge port than the next iPhone does. So uh, all, all kind of good things, I think that are moving yeah. in the right direction. Well, the USB-C
0: is becoming the charger port of choice for at least most of the stuff that I use anyway. I mean, right. we, my, all of our phones, we have Androids obviously. And, um, All of our Chromebooks are now USB-C, which really makes things easier. Right. And I
1: I think it's a good thing because if if we really are looking at equitable technology, which is the whole purpose of this, you know, that technology shouldn't just be something that you have to figure out to use. You know, it should be equitable for all ages, for all people to use, Um, then not putting some type of wall up like that. Uh, is is kind of the first step. and i'm I'm glad that they're at least considering that because when you actually stop and think about it, that's that's a pretty pretty terrible thing for companies to do, you know?
0: right? Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. As a person who does repair for devices, I totally agree with that.
1: Yeah, it's
0: terrible. So uh, I'm gonna switch gears a little bit. Um, so the couple things that I found that are new and interesting this week, Um, both of them have to do with Facebook and Facebook and I have an interesting relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, we dated for a while back, uh, in like 07 or 08. And I, you know, reconnected with a bunch of high school friends and connected with, you know, long distance family or whatever. And somewhere probably 2012 or something like that. Um, I like just ignored, started ignoring it. A lot of it was because of birthdays. Um, like eventually I got to the point where the only time people would ever post anything to me or I would post anything if that it wasn't my wife, um, on Facebook, it was for birthdays and I'd spend like half of my birthday, like saying thank you to everybody because I sure. really like felt like that was important. Sure. Um, and I did that for a couple of years. And then after that, I, I just like stopped. So I don't, I'm not on Facebook. I have a Facebook account. Um, and my wife. Like she posts stuff about the family and, you know, about our kids in school. And, you know, she's very active on Facebook. Um, I am not. And these two things I thought were really fascinating. The first one is a positive Facebook thing. Mm, Um, So I'm going to give them credit for this one. First of all, Facebook has a a part of their company called Facebook, the Connectivity Lab, Uh, and basically they're Facebook engineers that are working to bring the internet to uh, underserved places and places that don't have connectivity and things like that. I think that is a fantastic endeavor. I am all for going for that. And so one of the products that they have built, and I think it's really a cool idea, is this robot. It's called the Bombix robot. Uh, And again, the article about this is going to be in the show notes, but the uh, basically it it's uh, this little kind of I would say dachshund sized robot mm-hmm. that uh, rides on top of the power lines like power lines in the air and wraps uh, fiber optic cable around those power lines uh, in order to string cable from one place to another place without having to go underground. Uh, which can be like really detrimental not only to the ground but also the wires themselves. Sure, um, there's a lot of you know reasons why going over the air is better. Um, and so anyway, this is this super cool thing, and it can put something like a kilometer of wire, it can string like a kilometer of wire uh, in about 90 minutes, which is a pretty impressive amount of time. Uh, and it would probably save a lot of man hours and get things you know done more quickly. You can go all night, that kind of thing. Um, and uh, insert that's what she said. Joke. <laughs> I was there. Were <laughs> you waiting for that? <laughs> and so, uh, anyway, I think that's a, a pretty cool thing. I'm all about Facebook providing connectivity to the world. What I'm awesome. not all about is some of the other things that Facebook does. So I'm and not going to get into recently
1: or has yeah. They... So oh, okay. I'm
0: not going to get into any of that business because uh, we've all seen the stories and we don't need to hear me talk about it anymore. Yes. But I thought this was a really interesting uh, element. So there's this guy who made this uh, I guess it's like a Chrome extension, a browser extension called mm-hmm. unfollow everything. <laughs> and basically what you do when you use it, it takes your Facebook account and unfollows everybody and everything that you've ever followed. Now it doesn't like disconnect you. It doesn't unfriend mm-hmm. things and it doesn't say, you know, you don't like these items anymore. Mm-hmm. It just clears out your news feed. So instead of sitting there on Facebook and constantly, You know, every time it beeps, every time it buzzes, you're constantly searching, you're looking, you're spending time, you know, flipping through all these posts. Instead, you use it as I think it was originally intended, maybe uh, as a connectivity device. And so instead of using your news, you're actually either seeking out the people you want to talk to or see from, or maybe you refollow just a few things instead of having this flood of information that you don't necessarily uh, pay a bunch of attention to. And the purpose was to try to cut his own. Uh, addiction to facebook like that was sure. part of his problem was that he used it way way too much and so this kind of solved that problem it was it became pretty popular people were using it to clear their news feeds um and there was a i guess a swiss um university that wanted to use it as a study to see you know if people uh you know what their lives were like compared to people who did use their newsfeed and people who did not use their news feed and things like that uh and then facebook a month ago or two months ago something like that issued a cease and desist order and banned him from life from Facebook and threatened to sue him because it was affecting however, whatever their, you know, their terms of service said it was True. affecting the way people use the, uh, the application or whatever. So and obviously he's just one guy. He couldn't afford, you know, a trillion dollars in law, legal fees or whatever. So he just ceased and desisted and deleted unfollow everything. Um, And I thought that that was a really crappy thing Um, that, that I, I'm really kind of a big fan of the ability to, I love open source Mm -hmm. stuff. I love things that allow people to change and create and get creative with and, And I really just can't stand the fact that they did not, I I sort of kind of equate sometimes them with Apple and the inability to do personalized stuff in Apple devices. And I feel like Facebook does the same thing and that drives me crazy. Sure. So I seeing this, you know, here's a guy who created something to help himself out and they were going to sue him for it drives me nuts. So the that maybe, you know, I think the show, I like the show to be positive and we like to keep a positive spin. So I'm sorry for bringing that up, but I did think it was very interesting in light of everything that's going on with Facebook nowadays. Um, I'd like to start seeing more positive stuff like the Facebook connectivity and less of Facebook trying to rule their little world. But,
1: I, and I think that, I mean, whether whether these companies want to admit to it or not. And it's always very convenient when they say, well, we don't, you know, we don't, we don't have the ability to do this or people make their own choices, but you know, whether they'll admit to it or not, at the end of the day, I think these companies have a responsibility to, to kind of curb that a little bit, because if anything, the last five years have shown us that there's a, there's a lot of easy ways to share harmful things. And, and not everyone has the ability to parse through what is real and what is not. I mean, within the last two years, uh, there was a Facebook post that went viral just in my hometown and it literally caused every business to shut down at five o'clock because they were worried about something that was going to hit my hometown. And it was, it was through Facebook and it's, it's easy for Facebook to turn around and say, Hey, look, that's not our responsibility. You know, like if that gets shared, it can't be us. But at the same time, it kind of is. Right. And and when people stand to make profit off that stuff, there, there needs to be a better thing. And so mm-hmm. I, I'm with you. I, I think either let's just make it open and just raw data. That's one thing I like a lot about Twitter is I feel like yeah. there's not a lot of cure. And I'm, there might be some curation of tweets, sure. but I feel like for the most part, Twitter's just straight up. Like if you refresh that thing, all of a sudden you have 2000 brand new right. tweets, you know, and I think that's okay. You know yeah. what I mean? Cause it's just happenstance, but you probably don't want things to be curated in the way that you, you want them to be right. because it, it eventually will lead you down a certain path that you may not want to be. So.
0: I overheard uh, an old older gentleman in uh, the district. I don't even know who he was. He was visiting from somewhere. He was walking around with one of our maintenance guys and he had been walking behind me and they were chatting about the state of the world, you know, and sure. that conversation can always go a lot of different directions. And I heard him say, uh, you know, one of the worst inventions of our lifetime is social media, oh, 100%. and I thought, I thought, yes and no, sure. And social media itself isn't a terrible thing; it's the users that make it a terrible thing. A lot of cases, so it, I don't know. I, I thought that just, was interesting.
1: I think it's just like anything, you know. It it's made like, me think. It's a tool, and it's it's how you use that tool. I mean, unfortunately. Right. You know it's easy for us to say this but facebook's not a cognizant thing it's not like it's maliciously out in the world trying to cause harm you know it's how people abuse then some people do and some people don't yeah Uh, but you know i and i mean and honestly like i've gotten more good out of social media than i have negative but me too i can definitely see that point you know yeah
0: but well after after hearing the uh um I can't, Francis, I can't remember her last name. After hearing her talk about some of the stuff, it almost sounds like Facebook tends to be like an actual malicious thing out there spreading negative and false information. But again, I will let the big people make those decisions, It just sure didn't sound good.
1: And you know that the shame, to circle back to your article, um about the unfollow everything you know criticize google all you want i mean google is one of the big i mean whatever evil empire you know what i mean like the large tech company but if you paid attention all during the pandemic um there were three big extensions with google meet right or two big extensions it was like um the breakout rooms that somebody had created an extension for that somebody had created an extension for taking attendance during google meet and within six months Mm -hmm. google had kept those extensions you can still get them but yeah. they've integrated things similar to that. So, I mean, I don't know. At least they're still keeping that because...
0: It's a, it's a different attitude towards y- Yes, because it'd be very easy just and, to shut
1: yeah. that down and take it. You know what I mean? Right. So, right. But anyway. Uh, we could
0: go on for days about some of this stuff.
1: On to so a more is, positive topic.
0: Yeah, let's talk about... Yeah, right. <laughs> let's talk about the state of education today. That's definitely more positive, right? Absolutely. So, uh, so Dave and I are both from... Uh, relatively small school districts. Um, I spent the first 17 years of my career teaching in a district that was only six buildings, about 3,000 students total. Now I'm in a district with just two buildings, K-8, with about 700-something kids total. Um, Dave, yours is similar, right?
1: Well, it's it's smaller. So uh, I taught... The my previous teaching assignment, which was been ten years ago, I was in a school district of about a thousand kids, give or take. That's K twelve, and then the district I'm in now is about six hundred. That's pre K to twelve. Yeah. So it's 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 small.
0: Right. So the whole purpose of our discussion today is really just to kind of what if a lot of these situations, um, and we just threw a bunch down, and we'll kind of see where the conversation goes. But the first one that was like the obvious one that I think a lot of people are discussing nowadays is is schedule changes and um obviously the schedule that we had during last school year was not ideal um full remote learning i don't think is beneficial for anybody altogether i don't think it's great for teachers and i don't think it's great for students full remote learning there could be elements of remote learning that i do think are positive and could have a positive effect on our quote unquote back to normal school situation um But I love the idea of sort of talking about, you know, this standard thought that school has to start at eight and has to end at three, five days a week, five days a week, and then kids have homework afterward. Like that is in a nutshell, what education has been for, you know, a century and a half or however long we've been doing it this way. Yeah. So that we kind of, some ideas came up, uh, either in Twitter or through just discussions with some people and we had some interesting thoughts. Um, so what was, give me one of yours, Dave.
1: Uh, What with schedules, my thing, and I I will say to anybody, if we have any admin listening to this, I don't know if we do, but if you're an administrator who listens, I I have to tell you that uh, one of the benefits I've had in my position is that sometimes I get to do some investigating as to how the state expects schools to run. And a lot of times schools are doing things a certain way because that's how it's always been done. And uh, we've actually been able to do some unique things at our school or at least plan to do them going forward post pandemic. And it's totally falls within the line of what the state expects. And so one of those things that I'm uh, hyper passionate about right now um, is this concept of doing one of two things, either moving to a four day school week and taking one day a week or one day every other week. It's purely a teacher Institute day. Maybe it's a remote day where students are learning from home or, you know, maybe it's not, maybe they're just off from school or taking more frequent teacher institute days so uh, or earlier dismissals. And one of the things we're contemplating is actually taking every Wednesday the entire year. So however many weeks we're in school, we'll have that many early dismissals where we'll have essentially 90 minutes to two hours of time. And what those chunks of time do is they are ideal times to have meetings to connect with other people to offer up good professional development to have that faculty meeting to have one-on-ones um one of the things we want to do is a book club. You know, I mean, when's the last time that there was a professional book club in a school, you know, I mean, things like that where we're getting a chance to improve ourselves as educators, but at the same time, make connections. Because I think in the past two years, one thing we've all realized is teaching is really hard, especially now. (laughs) And we're all kind of in it together. And so any way that we can do that, I think where we build that camaraderie. And so, I mean, if I had a magic wand and could wave it, I would, uh, take our school week. And, uh, I would probably make our days longer, but I would go to four days a week, 100%. Right.
0: Yeah. And some would agree with that. And some would go the other direction and say, let's keep five days, but let's get out at one o'clock every day.
1: Yeah. And that's, I like that idea too. And
0: that's an interesting discussion too. And again, a lot of this obviously depends on, um, you know, whether or not parents can handle their kids getting off every day at one o'clock if they've got childcare, Um, you know, before and after school care becomes very expensive. Uh, so I I don't want to like assume everyone can handle that situation, but I do want to say that there was something to be said for a shorter span of time. Oh yeah. Uh, maybe a little bit more condensed and then, and then actual time. So I, the homework discussion, we can we can have the homework discussion if, if we want to have that during this, this whole thing. People go back and forth about whether or not students should have homework. I feel in some cases you do need to take something outside of the class and practice sure. it before coming back. I definitely think that's applicable, especially at the high school level. Not 100% sure about the elementary or the junior high level, but I think in high school, especially those upper level classes, it's very difficult to think you're done after 50 minutes when you're teaching AP chemistry or, sure. you know, Uh, well literature I always as a literature teacher that was homework uh that I did always assign and it wasn't every day obviously but like reading is something that people have to do on their own and we can set class time aside for that sure um but I'd also rather we use the class time to discuss the things that maybe they read so you know a chapter or two for over three or four days or something like that I'd never felt was very exorbitant papers we always wrote together there was always time in class um but like the homework idea is is another thing. But I think if we planned uh, our days around the uh, about giving kids time at home to work on whatever they need to work on or to have remote office hours that you could have with teachers, and you know, maybe the one p m. dismissal is really only good for the high school. but um that teaches that teaches a lot of kids a lot of responsibility, or at sure. least puts them in a situation where they have to be responsible for their yeah. own learning at least a little bit um I, I just see a lot of benefits for that especially for teachers i mean you know well, a lot of times teachers now they had a day like my, so my wife for example she teaches at a high school here and last year every monday was a remote day right and that was her day to get caught up to plan to connect with students who were remote um and it was their time for the kids to get their homework done and get caught up and it was amazing how many kids actually used that day right. to get their work done um, and not having that, but yet still having to handle kids who are remote. it It's like such a more difficult job now than it was last year.
1: 100%. Thinking
0: we need to be back five days, eight hours a day. Uh, really took a lot of, it's taken, it's been rough. It's been rough this year.
1: You know, talk about the childcare. I'm elementary all the way. That's all I've done for 15 years. And so that's, that's where my brain goes. But, you know, my suggestion would be if, if I was running a district and the question was brought up, well, what about childcare? Why doesn't the school offer that? You know, I mean, we, we have assuming that You're in charge of a school district where your paraprofessionals are being paid hourly rates. And right. if you're letting out at an early dismissal, then you would have that chunk of time where you could potentially employ Paris and pay them extra or offer them something. You know, I feel like there are solutions out there that work to these problems.
0: Right. right. But I
1: think we just have to be willing to try those. And, and you know, I, we'll, we'll t- we can talk more about virtual and remote teaching because I'll push back on that a little bit because I do think r- there is some some small good to remote I'm not yeah. saying it's good for every kid um, in fact I would say it's probably not good for 98% right. of kids <laughs> right but but I, I do think having that option gives you a lot of uh, unique opportunities but um, but I but I, I like that idea of having that time because I, I think that's the thing that burns teachers out the most is they just don't have time, right? And 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 whether we want to say, look, you get summers off, toughen up, or you want to say it's not like that in every job, it, that's okay. Every job's different, you right. know. And and right now we're faced with a major crisis in education where we don't have enough educators, you know. Yep. So so maybe we should, you know, perceive it from the perspective of hey, what's best for the kids and what's best for our teachers?
0: Yeah. And the summer's off argument never made any sense to me. Teachers get paid for nine months of work spread out over 12. That summer argument is (laughs) just, I don't even want to hear it again.
1: But Correct. And that's the misunderstanding is that your salary is a nine-month salary. Right. It's not like it's a 12-month salary.
0: Right. So on the flip side, people say teachers don't get paid much. Well, they're getting paid for nine months of work.
1: Yeah, so they so are paid they're are,
0: they're both uh, both arguments, I, and I won't ever say that teachers get paid fairly. Those are some those are nine months, man. Like,
1: oh no, one hundred. That is a
0: serious nine months. But,
1: but you but you get what I'm saying. Not I get it, what you're saying. As long as you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a nine. We're <laughs> on the same page. It, we are because it's you're getting paid for nine months. You're not getting paid yeah. for twelve months, but you're stretching it out for twelve.
0: Stretching out over twelve. Right. Yeah. What you get. So people make that argument. There's all sorts of. Things to be said about that. I, I'm not going to say we should get rid of summers either. This was my very first year no. having a full 12 month job yeah. that I worked through the summer, um, and um, I'm going to say I didn't like it. And The job itself is fine. I just didn't like my whole family being home, sure, without
1: me. It, and I think. Do you think? It's wah, because, wah. Do you think it's because maybe problems. maybe in education. Like you said, there's a lot of unpaid time, and and I think that's the thing where the the teacher salary is a little misleading because it is it's it's broken down to this nine month salary. You're supposed to get paid eight to three, right? Right. But how many teachers do you genuinely know that work eight to three? Probably not many. Not right? very I many. Mean, most of them put in that extra time, and yeah. I would say probably most people that work at school put in that extra time. Right. Right. And so I I think that's that's where that summer becomes so. Um, so important, which, you know, I think not having that would be a real, real challenge. I agree. So, I mean, the schedule thing is
0: something, and I think each district does need to be willing to look at changing things. Just be willing to say, what can we do a little bit different? And it's okay to do something that makes people happy. I think that's another thing that we sometimes forget as well. I mean, stretching this stuff from eight to three because we feel like we've always done it and we have to continue. That's what we need to get back to. Like, it's not going to make your kids happy and it's not going to make your teachers happy. So like, why can't we find something in the middle that was still good, efficient teaching time, but still gives teachers enough time to prep and to connect with the kids one-on-one. There's got to be somewhere in the middle that we can meet
1: up. What, what, if you could plan your perfect schedule, what would it be?
0: Ooh, well, I do really I do really like the idea of like a either a one p.m. type dismissal. Again, I taught high school for years, so I'm sure. going to a high school frame of mind. And so to me, a one p.m. dismissal or a Fridays off type situation um, sounds totally doable. Um, you know, or a one p.m. dismissal all four days, and then from one to three, you have basically again at the high school, like office hours, and you can schedule, say, I'm gonna run over this. You know, from one to two, um, you know, feel free to join me if you want. Or I'll do it again from two to three. You do that once or twice a week. The other days you have open office. It makes mean, a million different things you could do as a teacher with a couple of those days to help students. Yeah. Um, and I, I just thought that would be really, really handy. I also loved a rotating schedule in high school. I had a rotating schedule where first hour was the only hour of the day that was the same time every day. And so that was like a homeroom. So then it would go first hour, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and you ate somewhere in the middle. The next day would go first, seventh, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. And the next day would go first, sixth, seventh, second, third, fourth, fifth. Are you catching me? Is It, it was amazing. Yeah, so it, yeah. You never oh. had the same class at the end of the day every day you never ate lunch at the same time. So you always had to like figure out who you were going to eat lunch with, which at the first was a strategy was like kind of tough and I didn't like it. But then after that, you know, you figured out who was going to be where and it was really yeah. cool. Like that was an amazing, amazing schedule in high school. I thought that's it was a, fantastic. That's a
1: neat idea. And it's, you know, oh, yeah. things, like, things like that are worth trying, I think. Yeah, because, totally. Because what's the worst that could happen? You, you know what I mean? You're, you're still right. compliant with what you're supposed to be doing as a school. Mm-hmm. and And I mean – I guess the the negative would be maybe, you know, uh, grades would go down, which they probably wouldn't because teachers work their tails off. You know, they're going to do what they're going to do. But maybe test scores would go down, which I I feel like we're now getting to the point where I think we're all kind of realizing collectively what a lot of people have known for a long time, that those don't really make that big of a difference, you know? Right, right. But, yeah, that's an interesting idea. I had never heard of that, but that's cool.
0: Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. I loved it. And I would love it as a teacher to not always have seventh hour be seventh hour every day. Yeah. Because every every high school teacher knows seventh hour is... If you have a good seventh hour, it's a special year. Enjoy it.
1: <laughs> you know, that's so, funny. That's funny. I've, I've had to sub a lot of seventh hours this year. So that would explain mm-hmm. why. Yeah.
0: I'm sure you can... I'm sure you understand it. I feel that um, okay. So a couple other things we had uh, sort of jotted down and I'm, I'm going to sort of give this one again. I don't want to... I don't want to jump out and knock another organization. But um, I think the concept of teachers sharing the the work that they put together freely, is something we should explore more. And the reason I bring this up, and again, I mean, you know, I think we should something more like teachers giving to teachers, I don't know if that sounds like something Mm -hmm. that exists already. But um, so having become sort of a web development guy over the last few years, uh i've explored a lot of uh websites like um github i'm sure you guys have heard if you know anything about coding at all you've heard of github it's a repository people can put their code and stuff on there um you know things like stack overflow which is basically just a place people go and ask coding questions and people answer them Um, but what has been really sort of eye-opening about this is the amount of people who are freely sharing their code and letting anybody take it and do anything they want with it. Like there is not necessarily a place to go and buy code from people. If you're like, Hey, I really want to be able to make my letters bounce up and down. Like every time somebody clicks on them, like there's code out there to do that. There's a library out there to do that. And it's probably free. And uh, I, I just think that's an amazing thing that has made coding become like totally wide open, a place that I can explore and learn and and do new things. And uh, finding things for educators that are interesting activities for free uh, is really, really difficult. And I know there's a website where people can make a lot of money um, selling the things that they've created. I know also there's a ton of copyright issues with that. And I know there's also a ton of people who are getting paid extra money for things they create on school time. I just think that teachers need to find some kind of platform or somewhere where we can start openly sharing the things that we create uh, without requiring payment. Paywall.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, what's interesting is the, the resource you're referring to also has some unique questionability in regards to appropriateness of content being shared. Right. Um, I know recently I read something about how there were uh, somebody who's selling modules, of, um, of different like classroom simulations. And some of the simulations they were sharing were based around atrocities that have happened over the course right. of mm-hmm. human history. And it, and it's, it's just talking about how triggering that can be for kids with high anxiety or with trauma backgrounds is if you're asking them to do that, but they're selling it with these cute pictures and bright colors. And it's like, some of those things can be a little questionable. And I, and I feel like if you were making it something like you're referring to, if you had a place where you could post that and just share a good idea, that would be not, not for profit, you know, just purely for like, like, I mean, it sounds terrible, but like, it's a Twitter of that, or it's like a, um, even like a, you know, the way wakelets set up or like it's a, you know, Mm -hmm. where you can do a repository of those things. I think, um, that would be an awesome thing to have because it would be so cool to be able to just look up math lessons yeah. and see thousands of things that are created filtered down. That's a great mm-hmm. idea.
0: And here's some good ones. And, oh, they're free That's instead the of getting to, oh, there's some good ones. Oh, it's like subscribe, or, subscribe to yeah. my newsletter. Right. And then here's a dollar. Right.
1: Yeah. I, I like so, that and
0: again, I don't want to knock it because we just talked about teachers not getting paid enough. And, I, I do think that teachers need to make money where they can make money. I mean, I, unfortunately in the world that we're in, I, I think most teachers have some kind of side hustle. Um, yeah. Uh, and I think that I know you that, and I do. Yeah. 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 Right. Exactly. A podcast. Um, this is it. I, I mean, we make so much money on this podcast. So much money. Yes. We have made so far negative $108.
1: We made so many cents.
0: <laughs> so, um, But anyway, the, uh, and then again, so I I don't want to knock the ingenuity of that or the entrepreneurship of that at the same time, I think, um, teachers do need to sort of have the understanding that list stuff can be shared as well. So I don't know. And maybe,
1: and maybe it should be, maybe it should be, you know, maybe we'll, maybe we'll build that repository. I love it. What, what would, what, uh, what what kind of website or what kind of model do you see that being based around like do you feel like you know it's it, that's a that's a i know that's a big open-ended question but like what do you think it would be a just like a like a search engine type website or do you so think... I've, so i've
0: thought about this yeah um i think it would be kind of cool if you had a website where uh you could like search things that have been uploaded or links to things so again a lot of people are using google stuff not everybody uses powerpoints and pdfs and it'd be nice to be able to share things like slideshows um, and things like that, which you don't see too much on some of these sites. But yeah. um, the um, so, so basically, you go to the website, you look up something you're looking for, and some things that have been, you know, uploaded apply to you. And, and when you get on this site and create an account or whatever, you get, I don't know, 50 credits. Okay. So you go to uh, a, a thing, you really like this. Uh, this particular activity, and in order to go to the site where you can find the link or to download it, that's 10 credits. And after your 50 credits are gone, then you have to upload something to get the next round of 50 credits. So it's almost like forcing you to share in order to receive however you get to receive more than you maybe share. Because again, I think a lot of teachers who are starting out might use this as a place to get started uh, and may not have anything to share quite yet. Yeah. So, and again, it would be a great place to share things and give people credit for what, if even if you got it from someone else, Eric Kurtz creates some of the most amazing stuff. I would assume somebody would share something he created. Well, if you give him credit, then by all means, let's share it. Let's get it out there. If that person's okay with it, obviously we'd have to check with them. But Um, you're not
1: making money off that person. Exactly. Which is the key. Right. And maybe that
0: person won't like it. So this is where I started thinking about it. And then I got into like legal cu- questions. And then I'm like, well, this is never going to work um, because somebody might share something. Somebody doesn't want to share or something they paid for. Or they put it out there. Uh, and then, then there's all sorts of problems. So yeah. maybe, it, maybe it wouldn't work, but this ideally, t- I think it would be great. This is a
1: terrible example, but way back in the day, anybody who remembers like you should, by the way, you should buy your music. I'm not saying you should pirate anything, right. but, Back in the day, the torrenting days. Oh yeah, if you remember any of that stuff? One mm-hmm. of the things that they would ask you to do with torrents was you would upload a certain amount to download a certain amount, and if you wanted to re- increase that, and that that kind of concept is not a terrible idea when applied to something like this, right. because you want to <laughs> have a foot in that in order for to to qu- quantify the the uh, you know the stuff that's kind of coming out. Right. It's a, it's a cool idea. I like it when
0: a lot. when not applied to pirated movies.
1: Yes, not Pirate of me. Is that what you downloaded? I didn't download movies. <laughs> no.
0: Oh, no. no, David. I didn't
1: download anything. Not movies.
0: No, absolutely not.
1: Most, mostly I just downloaded um, just like a very general, like, you know, the Saints go marching in and stuff in the, <laughs> in the uh, public domain. Right, absolutely. That's you know, uh,
0: the Saints go marching in. That was camp, always my favorite. I have camp, like fifty versions of that song. Camptown, camp Town races.
1: Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> I think that's in. You ever watch Kimmy Schmidt? You ever watch that show on Netflix? I did watch that show. It was brilliant. I think that. I think that was in Kimmy Schmidt. It was. I think it was. Yeah. Was there was like a CD they're listening to where they're downloading yep. music and all the songs are uh, public domain songs. Yep.
0: yep. That's
1: fantastic. Uh,
0: there was one. I, uh, I I play guitar. You play guitar too, right? I do. I do. Yeah. And so we were, wa- I was watching this thing about Fender guitars. No, it was all about Les Paul or something like that. It okay. was like, I was so excited because they were going to talk about all the great people who use Les Pauls in their careers or whatever. Sure. Well, the only person playing any music was G. E. Smith. Do you remember him from yeah. the Saturday Night Live band? Yeah, who's yeah, a great guitar player. Fantastic but he had guitar. to play all open, con- or like uh, all public domain songs. It was hilarious. Really? Because they were talking about all this cool stuff. And like, and then Jimi Hendrix, and then it was, and it was G. E. Smith playing like, like yeah, Camp Town Races and like the, <laughs> the Happy Birthday song or something. It was so funny. That's awesome. Anyway, so we digress. So a couple of we'll we'll just do a couple more here. And again, if we have people who are listening who have decisions that they're making about their school districts, we don't necessarily think you should take these ideas and run with them 100%. However, we do think that you should take a moment to think, is what we're doing in our school absolutely the best thing in the whole wide world? Um, so my second conversation, or my, my, this next point I want to talk about is uh, the concept, and again, we can argue about this all day long, memorization. Mm. Um. This is one of these things that I struggled with as an English teacher forever and ever and ever and ever. What do we need to memorize? What do we not need to memorize? Do we need to memorize all the prepositions? I don't know. Do we need to be able to identify them in sentences? One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Do we need to memorize all of the conjunctive adverbs? No, do we need to memorize whether or not a two a sentence is two sentences put together and you separate them with a semicolon? Yeah, you probably should like that. But so, like, how do we
1: handle memorization?
0: Do we need to memorize all of the presidents and the years they were presidents? I don't think so.
1: Probably not. I don't think anybody's too worried about President Taft. But trivia you know, night
0: people are. Maybe.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true.
0: I just and, don't know if it's necessary, if that's what kids in high school should be spending time outside sure. of school doing.
1: And, and, and you know, I I totally get the concept of an, an appropriateness for memorization. I 100% get that. I have a, th- I have a third grader right now. And, you know, it, the kids that are struggling the most in third grade are students that don't have – their addition and subtraction facts memorized, right? Or as they're working through their multiplication or their division, they don't have those things memorized. That's, that's right. a foundational concept that they don't have. However, my counter has always been this. You should definitely teach memorization if it's part of your core content area. But I think as kids move on, you have to ask yourself a question. Am I, for example, am I teaching fifth grade math, fifth grade English, or is it my job just teaching math and English? Because if you're just teaching math and English, then what's the point of standards in the first place, right? I mean, I know it can be frustrating when you have these educational standards to teach and your kids already don't know these things, but your job is to try to find a way to teach those things. And if the kids are missing gaps in their knowledge, you know, that's where spiral review comes in. That's where there's other opportunities for you to build those gaps. But more times often than not, I've seen students who will kind of fall in line and fill those gaps automatically just because they're trying to fix that. So I'm not sure what role memorization plays throughout an educational lifespan. Now there's times when I think it's appropriate, you know, like if you're first learning your times tables, that's great. But you know, I mean, you're going to hit a certain point and I don't know how important it becomes. And then as teachers, if you're focusing on those things, they should know that memorization. Uh, you know, if kids have Adam the year before they have me and you know, I'm frustrated because I'm like, man, these kids didn't learn their, their fact families or their fives times tables. And so I decided to spend the whole first quarter teaching their multiplication facts. I just wasted a quarter on something that, you know, we could have been trying to cover. So I don't know. I, I, I get it. And I know there's people that are probably pulling their hair out right now because mm. they're thinking, no, 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 but they have to know these things. But I, I would kind of challenge that and say, but do they? Because right. is it more important to understand conceptually what you're doing or is it more important to be able to regurgitate facts?
0: Do they have to know the things or do they have to know how to use the things?
1: Right. And, and there's a level where you need to cover both. Yeah. But, but then yeah, moving, there's
0: definitely cases in both for sure.
1: But then when moving forward, I think it's a, probably a good idea to say what's important. Do you, do you guys at your school, do you know, do you talk about heart standards at all or vertical alignment or anything? Well, they've any not brought it up to me. And they only bring it, those
0: things only come up to me if. It happens to be on a computer that's broken. Oh,
1: you, so you're not like me that's involved in everything possible? <laughs> no, okay. thankfully. Good. No. Um, that's why I'm gray, going gray slow. <laughs> right. But, you know, there's a there's this concept right now that's got to be floating around that um, vertical alignment is being renamed heart standards. So these are things that you feel are the strongest, most important things that you're going to teach. And it's literally like three to five mm-hmm. things. And so you look at your list of standards and there's like 30 standards, 20 standards, and you just pick five. And this is what you're going to cover the whole year. And I think that is a great concept because that moves us away from this idea of memorization, like you're saying, because I can guarantee a heart standard is not memorizing the presidents. Right. And it's it's more along the lines of what can you do with that? Right.
0: Hmm. Uh, That sounds like an interesting concept. I like it. If we can just stick to those. It's one thing to say here are the standards that we're going to focus on. Right. But then you still feel like you have to hit all 35.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it's a, it's a shame there's not like some pandemic or some global phenomena that would. Require I know. right, would
0: just like, like, let's all thin. shut it all down and, right. and hit the refresh button.
1: And let's just focus on these couple See. of core things, <laughs> you
0: know. Oh, uh, yep. No, we had that. Well, Dave, uh, we've, we've talked about a lot of stuff here. I'm, uh, I'm not sure we solved anybody's problems. Um, I'm not sure that was our intention at all. But I do think uh, that it does help to, to really take the things that we think are canon, the things that we think yeah. um, must be in stone all the time and, and really say, well, what if, and change things up maybe just to see how it goes. Um, you know, and and so to come back full circles here to the to the Marvel show, the show on Disney plus, um, the last couple episodes have started to bring all of these different seemingly unconnected stories together. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure are you caught up? Are you caught up on this series? Yeah,
1: oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. So to start seeing characters from earlier show up and to start seeing, you know, sort of a new plan come together, this is sort of what I see for education. If we can, What if some of these situations, then things might fit together in a way we maybe hadn't anticipated, Uh, which is why I think it's important just to kind of, let's think about stuff every so often and see what we can do a little bit
1: differently. Uh, So Dave, what are you working on these days? Uh, Well, we are about to start second quarter. And so I have my eight teachers that I have um, that I work with as an instructional coach, Uh, five of them are opting to pick it back up later in the year. And then I have three who are sticking with me and then I have six new teachers that are joining with me. Awesome. So I've got a load of nine and yeah, it's, it's going fantastic. Again, I that's cannot, pl- I cannot plug the Google coaching program enough. Uh, the other day we, so one of the things that's been nice is a lot of teachers will bring me problems to start. And then we kind of run those out as long as we can. And then we start to focus on other things when, uh, one of the teachers is kind of run out of things to focus on. Like he's feeling Mm -hmm. really good. He's doing a fantastic job in his class right now. And uh, Google has this awesome strategy called the gripe jam, where you take a jam board page and you write down like what challenges you have. And you prompt it by saying, what challenges do you have before school? What challenges do you have, you know, during first period, during second Mm -hmm. period. And, uh, we put on the song, we're not going to take it by twisted sister (laughs) during that. And, uh, it, it got, um, this teacher got very emotionally invested in this. And awesome. so it was awesome. That's awesome, it was great. Uh, but that, uh, there's a teacher shortage, it is real. And I have, I'm yeah. subbing tomorrow. I've been subbing a fair amount in classes, which is nice to dip my toes back in. And I'm actually starting in the next couple of weeks, um, an administrative prep program. So I may take the dive into, the admin side of things. So mm, we'll see. Interesting. Yeah, we'll see. I don't. Yeah, uh, it's, it's definitely something I'm um, definitely something I'm contemplating. So the next right. time you listen to us, I might be like, yeah, I quit that. So right. But we'll see. right. Yeah, that didn't last. Yeah. What about uh, you? It's
0: funny. Well, you talk about um, teacher shortage. The there's some schools in our area that have yeah. taken the Friday after Veterans Day and turned that into a day off. Um, yeah. It was because it was Veterans Day on a Thursday this year, and then everybody's gonna have to come back Friday. Well, they already have so many people have called off and then yeah. you know that that'll be like a, since it's a day before or after a vacation, they can't take those days. They have to be like sick right. days. Right. Um, so, you know, there'll be last minute sick day calls. All so anyway, they're thinking about just saying, screw it. Let's not have school that day.
1: Which if you, I mean,
0: if you have a remote, world.
1: if you have remote capabilities, yeah, you could say, absolutely. It's like a remote day that day.
0: Make it a snow day. Snow day.
1: That's right.
0: So I'm working on um, trying not to drown. Um, uh, we were kind of talking about this before the show, but I ordered, um, about 25 interactive flat panels for our elementary district, uh, or our elementary school. I don't know, like nine months ago. And, uh, they showed up today or Tuesday yesterday. And, um, I ordered 60 teacher Chromebooks a year ago. They also showed up on Tuesday. Wow. Uh, I ordered new desktop and new printer for my superintendent showed up yesterday it's like christmas uh, it was like christmas but not in a good way so now i'm you're like, an elf oh my god totally flooded with hanging flat panel tvs and trying to get Chromebooks out to teachers and in from teachers and it is an absolute mess at school right now uh but it's good things they're all you know these are all improvements and it's positive and um so far the teachers that i've hung the panels in are very excited about them um so that's pretty cool So I'm doing that. I also uh, just recently quit one of my uh, side gigs and I am in the uh, opening throes of starting a business. I actually started this a couple of years ago. I have an LLC called Taming the Tech and I've been using it to um, sort of do uh, custom web apps for organizations and for schools and things like that. I've built some scheduling apps for some districts in Missouri and for i've done some stuff with the illinois principals association built their whole micro credential platform um so some big projects and some small projects and i'm looking to get that started so that's kind of a a big thing going on um in the background Uh, and we got ietc coming up that's the next thing illinois folks if you are not signed up for ietc in springfield over the week of november was it 14 15 16 they get those 17, 18, 19. Sorry. 18, 19. Yeah, it's yeah, Thursday, yeah. Wednesday, Thursday, or just Thursday, Friday, 18, 19 for a lot of people if you don't want to do um, the longer sessions on Wednesday. But, but uh, it's going to be such a great conference, and it's not expensive. And you can go to – I just search IETC 2021. We'll put it in the you'll show get notes. There. Yeah, we will put it in the show notes.
1: And, uh, and But I want to the... see
0: people there. We may – Actually, we will be recording a podcast episode from that conference.
1: And one of the cool things about the IETC this year, I think, is um, they are helping to cover costs and bring the cost of rooms down. So if you're traveling to the conference, traditionally, you have to book a room separate. You know what I mean? There's, Mm -hmm. There's usually not necessarily some type of special that's going on. And uh, they've got rooms at such a good price right now. It is a fantastic thing they've got going on, and yeah. and the slate of people is is just awesome. So yeah. I'm really
0: I'm looking forward. Really to this. good presenters. Uh, we'll be gamifying the whole thing using the Gamably uh, platform. We're playing uh, IETCopoly.
1: IETCopoly. Uh, it's TM. Like,
0: trademark. Trademark. It's this like one. sort of like McDonald's Monopoly, but our version. Should so be really. We're cool. pumped about that. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be a fun time. Um, all right, so that's all coming up here just the the next few months, uh or a couple weeks actually. Uh so to try to get through all this stuff, we're drinking. Dave, what are you drinking?
1: Buffalo Trace. I'm trying Apollo to finish Trace. her out. <laughs>
0: yeah. I've uh, I got some uh some knob creek nine years. So I'm I'm enjoying delicious. that this evening. It is delicious. All right, well, folks, this has been uh this has been a great conversation. I know that uh it's fun having guests on. It's also fun sometimes just to hash things out between the two of us. Um, hopefully, like we said, we at least maybe maybe got you thinking about some stuff, or uh, maybe this spurred you into something we didn't even discuss and you came up with on your own. But hopefully this kind of got your brain cooking in some way, shape, or form. Uh, and we appreciate you listening to it. Uh, Dave, any closing uh, closing comments?
1: Sign up for the IETC. It'll IATC, be super baby. fun. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Check it out on Twitter, too. Uh, Just search IETC21, and uh, you'll find all sorts of good stuff. Uh, So thanks again for listening to the podcast. You can find us all over your podcast places like uh, Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify or iHeartRadio, all these great places. You can also look us up at uh, edtechdistilled.com. Search us out on Twitter at, at edtechdistilled and shoot us a message, and you can always join the conversation. Uh, by going to edtechdistill.com and clicking at the top, join the conversation. It's pretty simple. Pretty simple. And, no uh, no are, Facebook, though. No Facebook. No fa- Yeah, we are not on Facebook. <laughs> Although there is a link on the cover of the website to Facebook, and it goes, I think, to Taming the Tech, maybe. But anyway, uh, maybe that's... I'm just going to go that direction. Maybe steal some business. There you go. Well, thanks again for listening. We'll see you guys on the next episode, and have a great week. We'll talk to you later.